Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, D.O., and Mr. Greenshirt, John Coleman, J.C. Oh, wow. I used my full government name. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. We are pumped up today. I know. Uh, laying down a track for another episode of the Loan Officer Podcast. Yep. If you're tuning in for the first time, yep. let's just go ahead and get business. Just knocked get out. out. Of the way. Knocked out of the way. Yeah. Please know that you can follow us and watch us and consume all of our content, all 120 plus episodes mm. on YouTube mm-hmm. at the Loan Officer Podcast. Yep. On Spotify. At the Loan Officer Podcast. On Apple iTunes. At the Lone Wolf's Podcast. On Google. On the, at the Lone Wolf's Podcast. Like, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can listen to us. Mm-hmm. You can also watch us on YouTube. Yep. At one point, over the next eight to ten weeks, yes. John's going to have a website built, TLOP yep. Online. Yep. Where we're going to host even more content. Yes. You can follow our social. We're on TikTok. Yes, we are. Uh, at the Lone Officer Podcast. Oh, yeah, I would think so. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at the Lone Officer Podcast. Damn. And you can find me, Dustin Owen, on LinkedIn. If we're not already connected, I'd love to connect with you. There you go. All right? Uh-huh. So, we are going to jump into what today? This t- this episode, John, this is your episode. Uh, I would say uh, when to say no. When to say no. Do you know when to say no in life? Uh, I mean, depends where I am. It depends how many drinks I've had, but yeah. I mean, in in general, yeah. you're still alive. Yes. You're still married. Yes. You're still gainfully employed. So I, I guess I do know you, when to say no. You do know when to say no. But, yeah. you know, in business so many times, especially people younger in their careers, yeah. they don't know when to say no. I want it all. Give it to me. And and you brought this to me because you're like, hey, Dio, in the past, like, eight weeks of mortgage school with Dio, which is something that I do specifically for the Waterstone mortgage professionals. Mm-hmm where we do an hour-long class weekly. Fabulous. Impromptu, too. Yeah. It is like no holds barred. Yeah. The students come in, and we typically have about 9 to 12 mm-hmm. that come in. I teach it on location, and we talk about everything that they experienced the week prior. Right. And I like that because there's no set agenda, Mm-mm. and I, I sometimes ask them to, like, hey, email me the day before because it's right. something I need to prep for. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to prep for it, but I kind of like things to be off the cuff. Mm-hmm. But you were like, hey, man, a couple times, and you sit through there, mm-hmm. A, as a student, but usually as the media yeah. production specialist, yeah. and uh, you're, but you're sitting in there, and you're like, hey, you've been teaching a lot about how to punt, how to say next, mm-hmm. how to say no. Yeah. Why don't you bring that to the TLOP audience? Let's go. So that, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So th- this episode very well is for anyone in business. Mm. I, this is not just specifically for mortgage professionals. It's for all business professionals. Like I think already one of my favorite realtors ever, ever, ever. The guy's name is Yen Yao. He is a realtor for Keller Williams in Orlando, Florida. Right. I tell the Yen story all the time. I right. have many Yen stories. Yeah. Like, like this guy is uber successful. And he knows his business, he knows his lane, and he stays in it. Mm-hmm. He has mastered the art of punting. Mm-hmm. Okay? In Central Florida, we have lots of toll roads. Why? Because Interstate 4 sucks. Okay? <laughs> so somewhere along the way, someone's like, well, hey, let's just build these nicer roads with less traffic, but let's, pay, let's charge people yeah. for it. Well, depending on what town you live in or what side of town you live in, uh, there's one major toll road called the 417 or yep. the Greenway. Yep. And I admire this guy, Yen, because A, he's uber successful and he's really smart. But like he'll tell you, oh, yeah, no, I don't cross the bridge. Mm-hmm. Well, the bridge is this huge bridge over this alligator-infested lake. The lake's called Lake Jessup. You can look it up. I'm not making this shit up, okay? And 
I could refer Lynn, uh, Lynn, I could refer Yen yeah. a $400,000 listing. Mm -hmm. But if that listing means that Yen has to cross the bridge, he punts it no. and says, no, thank you. No way. Nope, not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, he has, he has mastered that art. 10, 15 years ago, when a lot of local realtors or realtors across the United States were diving hardcore into um, building relationships with Fannie Mae and Freddie mm -hmm. Mac and ba Bank of America to list all of their bank-owned properties, they were building out these massive infrastructure of employees and systems and processes. Mm -hmm. Yen said, no, thank you. Yen did a little bit of it because he understood that, hey, in order to compete in this market, I have to be able to take some short sales and enlist some bank-owned properties. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't going to shift away from everything that he knew. Mm -hmm. So there were many times that those other agents, man, they were winning these huge awards for all the volume and all right, the yeah. units. Yeah. But if they actually looked at someone's tax returns, that dude, Yen, had a better tax return really? than the other agent who on paper did four times the amount of volume and four times the amount of uh, units, but Yen had it figured out. Mm -hmm. So, and I use Yen's story because when we coach business and business professionals and young entrepreneurs, which by the way, if you're entering into the mortgage industry as a loan officer, to me, you're a young entrepreneur. Right. Even if you've been in the, in the business for 15 or 20 years, you're still an entrepreneur. Right. Then we need to realize that there's certain times and situations that we need to punt. Mm. All right? Mm -hmm. Now, before we go a little bit deeper into that, yeah. some things I do want to clarify. Yeah. All right, so I've uh, we, we have recently had viewers or listeners reached out to us like they do, and we we appreciate it. We love it. Love it. Love right? It. And, and we say, bring it on. Yeah. Right? We, we will do our best to answer your questions, to comment back, mm -hmm. to point you in the right direction, make a connection if that's what we need to do. But someone asked us to do a show on reverse mortgages. Yeah. We're not going to do a show on reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages, I understand them. I um, think it's a great product. Mm -hmm. I've even thought that there's family members of mine that when they reach the proper age to, to get a reverse mortgage, mm -hmm. they should. Mm -hmm. I'm not an anti-reverse mortgage person. But I don't know if it's, if it's a sh at this point, it's something that we're going to make a priority. Mm -hmm. And some of that is because I know a dozen mortgage professionals, 12 people who made a million dollars last year doing loans. It's a lot of loans. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of people. <laughs> like how many people do you know that made a million dollars last year? Like no personally. Two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so and I, yeah, yeah. I know at least 12 without having to sit here and count. Right. And I'll tell you that not one of them did a reverse mortgage. Mm. Not one. It's not a product that they offered and that they were experts at. So therefore if someone called them for a reverse mortgage, I'm sure they would do what I would do, which is answer the questions at hand mm -hmm. and then refer them to someone that was an expert in reverse mortgages. Because I'll tell you, reverse mortgage is something that you're either all in or you need to be all out ah. as many niche products. Okay. And this is where we're going to talk about like learning to say no, right? You have to learn what are you going to be good at? What can you focus on being good at and be really good at it? Mm -hmm. So if you do want to become really good at reverse mortgages, you need to go all in. You need to become the reverse mortgage expert of your office, of your community, mm -hmm. and you need to build your entire marketing around you being great at reverse mortgages. Mm -hmm. A reverse mortgage is not something I think you can be great at by doing one a year. Mm -hmm. 
Therefore, it's something that I'm going to teach you in this episode. You should punt. And it's a reason why we're probably not going to do anytime soon mm -hmm. a show on reverse mortgages. Now, if I get an opportunity to bring on someone who is pretty dynamic and they specialize in reverse mortgages, by all means, I would love to do a show where we teach the American populace what a reverse mortgage is. Yeah. We talk about the benefits, the pros, the cons, who it's good for, maybe who it's not good for, and maybe even answer some basic questions that every mortgage professional should understand. Mm -hmm. But um, we're not going to do anytime soon for for those reasons. Okay. Okay. Here's something else I wanted to clarify. Just this is total rando. It's good. Though. Total rando, but hey, it's on top of my yeah. mind. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone who has reached out regarding Zenix, X I N N I X. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you listen to a lot or all of our shows, you'll realize that I or my guests have pimped out this particular training platform multitude of times. Mm -hmm. They do not pay us yet. They do not pay us to do so. Okay, haven't even received a thank you card yet. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. Uh, wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> but I do want to clarify, when I talk about you taking Xenix, I'm only talking about ground school. I'm not talking about flight school. I'm not talking about officer school. Hey, Xenix is a massive company with a bunch of trainings. I'm talking that you need to spend $1,600 on their ground school. Because I've had people reach out to me, oh, DL, I can't afford it. I'm like, you can't afford it. It's $1,600. You're talking about changing your career. Right. That's half a commission check. Mm -hmm. That's two-thirds of a commission check, even mm -hmm. if it was a whole commission check. Yeah. You owe it to yourself and your clients and your realtor partners to invest at least that into ground school. Mm -hmm. But do not think I'm telling you you should do ground school, flight school, and mm -hmm. officer school. Because I don't think you necessarily have to do all three. Mm -hmm. I am highly encouraging you to at least do ground school. Mm -hmm. So, rando thought mm -hmm. before we get too far into today's episode. Still a good way to say no, though, because you got to say no to those other... Ah, there we so, go. Yes. Oh, I like how you tied that in. Yes. So, even when it comes to your training, you need to learn how to say no. No, I don't need the full scope, level one, two, and three. I just need to start with level one. I can come back to level two and level three later down the road. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Yeah. And then the third thing I just had to get off of my chest yes. today, but it wasn't really needed for an entire episode, is I think there's a disconnect with some of the viewers and some of the audience that you either have to, in order to offer choices to your consumer, you have to be a mortgage broker. I answered someone's message over the weekend via LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I was laying on my couch. I was watching baseball or UFC, whatever it was I was doing on Saturday, mm -hmm. and probably both knowing me yeah, flipping, right. flipping channels. And someone had reached out, and they're getting their license in New Jersey, and they're probably going to either do Florida or they're going to do Pennsylvania. Thank God we had Bill Benson on because it actually helped me answer this person's question. And this person's like, yeah, I really want to be an advocate for my consumer, so I think I want to be a mortgage broker so I can make sure I give them the most options. And then I had someone else reach out to me and say, well, I don't want to be a direct lender because I don't want to be um, handcuffed mm -hmm. to only one menu of products. And I'm like, oh, man, I haven't done the best job, I guess, over the course of the past 120 plus episodes of spelling out that there is a hybrid model, right? Yes, you can go work for a call center type um, lender, mm -hmm. like a better.com or a rocket, and I don't know enough about those institutions, but when I talk about working for them, we, we talk about the best part of working about them is you put a headset on like this mm -hmm. and a microphone, you sit in front of a computer and the phone rings nonstop. All day. And you are, you're just answering the phone, taking down information, getting lots of at-bats and doing your best to structure financing. 
I would guess in order for that model to work, you probably also have a very set menu of products. Mm -hmm. I would guess if I was running a consumer direct operation, I would have a very small menu. It'd be a fixed menu, kind of like going to a wedding, you know, like, Hey, fixed menu. That's all you get. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be sea bass and it's going to be a filet, but it's still going to be fixed Mm -hmm. because that's how I'm able to pull this off. Mm -hmm. You can work for a bank at which point a bank would have a fixed menu as well, but probably a larger fixed Mm -hmm. menu Mm -hmm. than what you'd get working for like a better.com or working for like a rocket mortgage. Right. Uh, same thing applies to credit unions. You could work for a mortgage broker, at which point, man, that menu, that's like walking into, into a mall and having the entire food court at your disposal, yeah. right? Plus a TGI Fridays down on the first floor. Like you, you, you have everything that you need, yeah. but it requires understanding how to navigate all of that. Yeah. Or there's a hybrid model out there. And I'm going to shamelessly plug whatever my little copper mug says here. Oh, it looks like Waterstone to me. looks like Waterstone Mortgage. Yeah. And I'll throw out other companies too. Like, let's go ahead and throw out a Fairway Independent Mortgage. Let's go ahead and throw out a Guild. Let's go ahead and uh, throw out um, a Movement Mortgage, right? There's four. Okay. I do work for Waterstone, so I got to plug the hell out of them because I love the company. I've been here for 13 years. There's a reason why I've been here for 13 years. Yeah. Not going to hide from it. Right. But companies like that is a hybrid model. They give loan originators the best of both worlds when you're trying to compare it to a bank that has a larger set menu than maybe a consumer direct lender mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have anywhere near that smorgasbord mm-hmm. of the Golden Corral menu buffet that maybe working as a mortgage broker does. Working for an independent mortgage bank like one of the four that I just mentioned, they could give you both. They could give you the power of working for a large institution, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the power from a monetary standpoint, the power from just a law of numbers standpoint, but also the flexibility. Because those companies, those companies had the ability to sell loans directly to Fannie and Freddie, at which point they'll service them. They have the ability to package loans themselves and sell off to HUD, if it's uh, to, to Ginnie Mae, I should say, and service them. But they also had the ability, they could sell the loan to Chase, to Wells Fargo, to U.S. Bank, to companies like PennyMac, NewRes, Caliber, um, TIAA, Redwood Trust, Lakeview, Two Harbors, Damn. BB&T, which is now Truist. Like, like, yeah. And when they do so, it opens up the underwriting guidelines. So we've had some people who are younger in their profession, and it just shows that they're younger in their profession. Some of the questions that they're mm-hmm. asking, I'm like, oh, man, you just don't get it, do you? Mm. You don't. Being a broker isn't the only way to offer all this. Yeah. Now there are benefits to being a broker, and I just made a promise to a listener who had who had reached out to me uh, several times. This was like his third third time, and I finally I'm like, hey, you know what? We'll do something. I'm gonna try to find one of my buddies who works as a mortgage broker, oh, okay. and we're gonna interview him. We're gonna nice. make sure they're a a top producer, um, but then we're gonna also talk about what does it really mean to be a broker. Nice, because there's a whole movement out there saying brokers do it better. Oh, yeah, it'd be cool to understand. Well, what do you do better? Then what? And who are you comparing yourself to? Are you comparing yourself to Better.com or to Rocket? Mm-hmm. Are you comparing yourself to Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, SunTrust? Mm-hmm. Are you comparing yourself to the FBC Mortgage, Academy Mortgage, um, guaranteed rates? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you comparing yourself to? But I don't want listeners to think that the only way to offer a plethora of options 
and a plethora of different investors who come with their own underwriting guidelines is to become a broker. Mm -hmm. Because no, you can work for an independent hybrid model mm -hmm. that gives you the best of both worlds, at which point you're gonna have all those options, but you're also gonna have the power right. of working for a large national company. It's great to know. All right, yeah. so that's good to know. Mm -hmm. All right, so that was a massive rabble. <laughs> It's helpful though. But it had to be covered. Right. All right, so here's gonna be my advice to business professionals, young entrepreneurs, loan officers, realtors alike. Mm -hmm. Realtors, I started off this episode talking about one of my favorite realtors, Yen Yao. Be like Yen. Just, I mean, literally, know your lane, stay in it, dominate it, and be the best that you can be. That's what Yen did. He mastered understanding the contracts. He mastered taking great care of his clients, marketing to his past clients, Every one of his past clients knows him, his wife, their family, mm -hmm. and what they do for a living, and they refer the hell out of Yen. He stays within his three farm neighborhoods, <laughs> and anything outside of a 15-mile pin drop radius, he refers out. <laughs> Picks up a 25% referral fee, and is done with it. <laughs> he went and hired and trained himself a team of buyer's agents, at which point, he doesn't go out, nor does his wife, showing people properly looking to buy homes. They have three buyer's agents. They're, they have enough listings, enough past clients, that buyer business coming in. He splits the commission. Mm. This guy is dialed in. Yeah. We want today's show to be about dialed in. So loan officers, what does that mean? Well, when you get a phone call and someone's looking for a reverse mortgage, maybe you're not the best fit. Maybe you sit down and you tell that person, you know what, let me answer the questions the best that I can, mm -hmm. basic overview about reverse mortgages. And I'm gonna find someone within my company that is a reverse mortgage expert, and I would rather you deal with them because this is a very important decision for not only the homeowner, but also the homeowner's family. Because yeah. you're talking about someone who's elderly, so their family a lot of times has a say in, in what transpires from a financial standpoint. Let me get you to one of our reverse mortgage experts, and then you guys can do, especially if it's an internal within your company, you can do a commission split. Oh, okay. So you're doing the best thing by that client yeah. by referring them to an expert. You're also doing the best thing to your by yourself because think of the amount of hours of time it's going to take you mm -hmm. to learn that product, mm -hmm. learn the investor guidelines, learn how to submit that, that loan to be processed and underwritten and approved. Like, is that the highest and best use of your time? Because when I look at a work week, Realistically, there's about 40 to 60 hours I'm willing to work. Mm -hmm. There just is. And then anything outside of that, I need to use for rest, physical health, mental health, mm -hmm. spending time with family, yeah. right? Like, so when I look at, am I the best fit to do this reverse mortgage? Well, if it takes me seven hours to figure out and I know that I'm going to botch it anyhow because I botch anything I do for the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. right. I mean, like, think about anything. Like I botched parenting my first kid terribly <laughs> because I'd never been a parent before. Right. By the second kid, I got a little bit better. Yeah. Man, I promise you, if if I was ever asked to become a parent again, because I, you'd have to ask me, there's no way in hell I'd sign up for it again. Love my two children dearly, um, but I love where they are in their lives. I love where I am in my life. I'm confident I'd be a great parent again. Right. Like the same thing applies to anything in life, right? Your first time offshore fishing, your first time golfing, your first everything rarely were you the best at it. Mm -hmm. So I would rather take a reverse mortgage, punt it mm -hmm. to someone who's gonna be better at it, take great, great care of my client, and all of that time I would have spent learning it, or, well, I almost said the F word, I almost said un 
fucking myself, but unfucking <laughs> myself if if and when I got myself in a bind because I didn't know what I was doing and I made a mistake. Yeah. I should be spending half that time prospecting and finding business that does fit in my wheelhouse and the other half giving back to my community or my family. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So like we think about what else? What else do we transpire that comes to us in a in a daily or a weekly that we spend too much time on? Well, think about any niche product. Oh, do you do any foreign national loans? Well, do I have the product? Mm. Or do I do do I originate those loans? Because I have the product, yeah. but I don't know if I'm the best person to do this loan for you. Right. Now, this is easier said than done. When you're early on in your career, you all may have to learn this the hard way. You may actually have to say, yeah, <laughs> JC and DO did a whole entire podcast on this, and they suggested I not do this. Right. They suggested that I punt it. And I'm not. we're not saying punt in a rude way, are we? No, no, absolutely No, not. we're saying punt like you need to find someone else who's better suited for this. Mm-hmm. So that you can continue focusing on things that you're really good at. Right. That'll help you grow. Yeah. And you also have to look at how many hours you're going to put into this. And you have to ask yourself, am I really the best person for this consumer? That's, yeah. I think a lot of times the consumers are afterthought. They think about, well, can I handle this? Can I do this? And you got to think about the consumer. Well, if I don't know what I'm doing and I'm flubbing up at every turn, at every check and at every milestone, then you're just doing, you're burning more bridges than you're doing anything. Yeah. And then again, when I stop and I start thinking about the top producers that I know, right? Kevin Murphy was just on the show. Kevin Murphy closed 180 transactions for 48 million. Pretty sure Kevin Murphy did not do a reverse a reverse mortgage or did he do a bank statement loan, nor did Kevin Murphy do a foreign national loan. Kevin Murphy works for a company that gives him access to those products. He has the ability to do those products. Hmm. But if and when he gets an inquiry, he answers the questions to the best of his ability, then he sources a subject matter expert to refer that business to. Mm. He understands that he comes in every single day at 745. He works every day till 545. Plus, as he told us, he takes three hours of work home with him every week. Mm-hmm. So he's putting in his solid 48 hours a week. Any other time, he has a thousand sisters who have a, who have 10,000 kids. <laughs> he has a wife. They love going to theme parks. Like there's yeah. certain things that, that he wants to also do in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and him trying to figure out how to do a bank statement loan isn't the highest and best use of his time, nor has he determined he's the best person for that particular loan. So we're teaching you everything that either I practiced when I was producing or by interviewing top producers, I've learned from them and I'm just bringing it to you guys, right? right? I'm just sharing it with you guys. Like, Hey, if you want to be really good at business, Mm -hmm. you have to know your limits. You have to know what you're good at and be all in at being good at that. Was there ever a point at your, in your career or when was the point in your career when you were taking on and you were like, bro, I just got to say no to this? Like, did you get burned? Was there a certain scenario where you like you took on a loan that you particularly shouldn't have and then that was a learning experience where you're like, never again? There's one loan that always sticks out um, and it was partnering with my county's, um, one of their down payment assistance programs. Mm-hmm. And it was a program where not only did we as the mortgage company have to underwrite the file, but then after we spent 30 days getting the, the file totally approved, with the assumption that we're going to get this $10,000, we then had to send it off to the county Mm -hmm. and they took another 30 to 45 days and then they had to approve it. Well, what, what transpired is we said yes as the mortgage company, Mm -hmm. 45 days after we said yes, by the way, I, I'd called the buyer, the buyer's agent, the seller, the seller's agent, great news. All we have to do is get the county to sign off and the county denied the loan. What? Yeah. The county didn't like the borrower's credit profile, although we, 
it met the guidelines, mm-hmm. but they didn't like the profile. We we as a lender were fine with them with the credit profile. I then had to eat major crow, go back and tell a seller, nope, I'm sorry, I know your house has been off the market for 60 plus days. Locked. This buyer can't buy it. Tell two realtors they're not getting paychecks. Tell this this poor first time home buyer they're not getting the house. Yeah, it was disastrous. Right. I learned right then and there that if someone wanted to work with that particular uh, down payment assistance program, I wasn't their best fit. Hmm. I needed to find someone who was just better at it than I was because obviously the one time I did it, I must have miscalculated or, or overlooked something and I didn't want to ever have to encounter that again. Right. Um, and I think many people, will, you'll get to a point in your career where the leads, like when, when you're only getting one lead a week, <laughs> Man, you you just want to work it and massage it. And I remember the guy's name is Rob Mitchum. Shout out to Rob. Rob was one of my first managers in the mortgage business. Okay. And Rob walked past my desk because he saw, man, I was literally trying to polish a turd the best way that I could. And he's like, hey, Dio, you know what the best four-letter word in sales is? I'm like, yeah, f***. He's like, nope, next. Ah. I'm like, what? He's like, next. He's like, you got to move past that loan. You've got to be able to say next. Now, I didn't listen to Rob because I was young and dumb and ignorant and hard-headed, <laughs> like many people. Like, look, we we become entrepreneurs, 100% commission salespeople because we have a little bit of that humble swagger, cockiness mm. about us that, oh, watch this. I'm going to prove you wrong. Right. But I, I remember that day like it was yesterday, and I'm grateful for it because I, I still didn't necessarily heed Rob's advice. But what Rob helped me do is he helped me move the wall mm. from like 10, 10 miles out to only like 100 yards out. Mm-hmm. So I only went an extra day or two trying to work that file over like a rib before I finally was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe Rob was right. I need to be able to say next. And then as it started happening more and more, what I learned was this loan that I looked at, this scenario that I looked at, trying to help someone. It's not in my wheelhouse or they don't yet qualify. I need to be able to tell them, here's what you, here's that, here's why you don't qualify. Here's what you do qualify for. Here's what you need to do to better your situation. I need to move on because me spending seven hours trying to jam a square peg through a round hole, that was three hours I could have spent with my wife and newborn son at the time. Mm -hmm. And then that was another four hours. I could have picked up the phone Mm -hmm. and I could have called 30 potential referral sources scheduled six one-on-one meetings that would have led me to 10 new leads, at which point I would have found two people that that did qualify utilizing products I was good at originating. Right. And that's like learning to say no. You know, learning to say no sometimes is also um, your local organizations, your local, like um, here in Orlando, we have a, uh, the Women's Council of Realtors, mm-hmm. the Mortgage Bankers Association, the Greater Orlando Builder Association, mm-hmm. right? You should be involved in all of those networking industry organizations. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, to what degree? Because when you get on the board, when you volunteer or get voluntold to be a part of some committee, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself, what's being asked of me? Do I have time to do this? And what is that time taking away from? Mm. Because if it's not going to bring you business, you may want to attend the events. You may want to support the, the events, but not necessarily 
give them mm-hmm. 10 hours a week of your time mm-hmm. if you can't attach ROI back to that. Mm-hmm. That's also a part of knowing to say when, but where loan officers, especially newer, younger in their careers, is they, they believe that everyone, everyone deserves a house. Got it. Well, I'll tell you that, well, statistically, our economy works really well when 68% or 65 mm-hmm. to 68% are homeowners. Mm-hmm. So if we don't want to disrupt what works, we actually need to understand that there's 30 to 35, or 35 to 30, let's call it 35% mm-hmm. of people need to be renters. Right. Okay. And, and yes, we want to help everyone learn what it takes to become a homeowner, but it doesn't mean that we need to spend hours upon hours jamming square pegs through round holes. Yeah. Like it just, it, it doesn't behoove you. And, and people who typically have displayed bad consumer behavior that has led to uh, credit scores that prohibit them from qualifying, mm-hmm. they need our help. I'm never going to deny that they don't need our help. But how much of their time? Because mm-hmm. we didn't put them in that situation. Sure. And we can't get them out of that situation. It's very true. Right? I, I can't go pay someone's bills on time for them. I can't sit down with someone and have them create a budget and then make sure they're following that budget, mm. which is typically what's required. I can, however, spend seven to 17 minutes with them, answering some questions, giving them some basic knowledge, turning them on to, you could turn them on to a show like this where we did a show on budgeting. Yeah. You know, you could talk mm. to them about, hey, if you wanna learn more, here's a really cool podcast that I listened to. Mm-hmm. And they did a whole entire show on budgeting. I think we've done two or three shows mm-hmm. on budgeting. We've brought on financial advisors where you're still helping them, but you're not spending three hours, four hours trying to jam a square peg through a round hole. Mm. I think that is where as business professionals, we, we just, we get to a point to where it doesn't make sense. Like I'll give you a good example. Um, buddy of mine, very good business minded person. Mm. He can sit down and evaluate ROI, risk, risk assessment. And he had an opportunity to go build a home that's about an hour and a half drive from his office. Okay. Turned it down. Mm. He's like, I'm like, what? I'm like, you could have made like 40 grand. Would yeah, take you, like, he said, here's my problem. I don't have my team in that particular market. So I think it's great that someone reached out to me and they had a cheap piece of land and they had three buyers lined up who would be willing to buy the home once I had it built. Really? He's like, I can't drive there once a, once a day to manage the project. And I don't have a team in place mm. that if I start driving there, even if it was once a week, that's an hour and a half. There's an hour and a half to get back. Plus, plus an hour. He's like, those four hours are better used working in my right. particular geographic location. Right. So whether it's someone who builds homes, whether it's someone like Yin Yao who, who sells homes, you know, same thing goes for, um, heck, my sister who works for nonprofits, right? She she helps people become approved to bill Medicaid and Medicare, right? There's times where people reach out to her and they're like, oh my gosh, we'd love you to come teach a class. Okay, well, her fee to teach a class may be $1,000. But if you want her to come teach a class on Tuesday at 2 p.m. and it's a three-hour drive away, hmm. she's probably going to have to say no. That's easier for her to say because her business is established mm-hmm. and she has other stuff to do. But where people fail is they say yes when they don't have enough business. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to tell you, that's a, 
that's a, a slippery slope because you run into what's called opportunity cost. Hmm. Like, yes, you're right. When you're new, you're newer at business, you need to be hungrier. You need to push the envelope a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're willing to take make that, that hour and a half drive just once. Maybe you're willing to drive three hours on that Tuesday at two, although Tuesday at two didn't really work into your schedule because you're like, man, I need the money. Mm-hmm. But what I have to ask you or anyone else, and this is regardless of industry, right? Like I used mm-hmm. three different industries that if, if you're my sister, that three hours that she drove to Fort Myers, the two hours she spent there teaching and the three hours that she drove back, that's an eight hour day. Damn. High five, she made a grand, right? And when she teaches, there's no overhead, all right? And she's <laughs> teaching based off of her curriculum that she built based on 25 years experience. Mm-hmm. But I need to ask her, what could she have done in those eight hours? Mm-hmm. Because if the bulk of her income is not in teaching, but it's in credentialing, Mm-hmm. Could she not have spent four hours invoicing? Because that didn't get done. That's what she does every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Invoicing is how she collects money. <laughs> and could she have not spent the other of the four hours left? She answers questions on a particular Facebook forum, and mm-hmm. that's how she lead generates. Mm-hmm. And then she could have spent two hours just straight up cold calling. Yeah. So she walked away. She spent a whole entire day away from the office to go make a grand. But she gave up invoicing, so now she has to work overtime to invoice Mm. and she didn't spend two hours managing her Facebook uh, group and she didn't spend two hours cold calling of which would have paid her probably three to four Mm. times. That's an opportunity cost. So loan officers, what I'm talking to you, realtors, what I'm talking to you about is the opportunity cost. You know, yes, you want to help all people, but to what degree and how much of your time Mm -hmm. that's where you have to learn to say no. And I find that, that, that no is on niche products. It just is. I love as a salesperson, I'm going to teach you about and market yourself and sell yourself that you have these niche products. But if you're going to do them, whether it's renovation lending, whether it's construction or permit financing, mm-hmm. foreign national, reverse mortgage, bank statement loans, you better go all in. All in. You better go all in. You better find a way that that 10 to 25% of your business is that. Mm. Like the reason why we don't hire part-time loan officers here at Waterstone Mortgage you want to know why? Why is that? They don't get enough at-bats. In order to be good at something, we realize you must be closing at a minimum three loans a month. Yeah. A part-timer is not going to be able to close three loans per month. Well, that means you're going to be a drain on resources. That means you're going to be more prone to error because you just don't do something mm-hmm. enough right, times. Right. I mean, we talk about my son long snapping. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my son took two months off of long snapping. He needed it. And he was in the heart of volleyball season. Mm-hmm. But he went and worked out with his coach on Saturday. Do you think he was crisp and clean? Oh, no, absolutely not. He was rusty after just two months off. Right. Right, and you're talking about a kid who's dedicated the previous 12 months and worked his butt off to become a really good high school long snapper. Yeah. So, like, you applied the most basic things. Think about you and your golf game. Oh, Jesus. How good's your golf game after not playing for three months? Horrible. Still is. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So it's like, you know, that's why you have to learn to say no, because mm-hmm. unless you're going to do one reverse mortgage a month, mm-hmm. one bank statement loan a month, one rehab loan a month, whether it's a 203K or a home style lending, you have to ask yourself, are you the best person for the job? Mm-hmm. Or are you setting yourself up for failure in multitude of ways? Here's what happens when I mean failure. Yes, it's the time. And that time we just taught is also an opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Those are seven hours that you could have been doing something else that was going to pay you long-term mm-hmm. and residual. Mm-hmm. You also have the consumer complaint aspect. Yeah. 
That's what, yeah, we haven't you're, touched that. You're only as good as your last loan. You're only as good as your reputation. People look at your reviews. Yeah. Like if you're using something like BirdEye or Social Survey. It only takes one. You could have 10 five-stars yes. and it's just that and, one. And, and when you're doing a hard loan that you don't do very often, mm -hmm. that not many people offer, it's bound to go sideways, mm -hmm. even to your, not even to your doing. But when it does, you think the consumer cuts you that much slack? No, it's your fault, even yes. if it wasn't your fault. Yeah, extreme just... ownership teaches me that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jocko Willing teaches me extreme ownership. That's my fault. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it's your fault because you said yes. Maybe you should have punted. Yeah. Maybe you should have found someone else in your market, regardless if you got paid on it. Regardless if it was, it might not have been someone. Mm -hmm. I have referred here in Orlando, Florida, I have referred 203K business to a kid named Nick Long. I've never worked with Nick. I don't think I've ever met Nick maybe once or twice over the past 10 years. I know his dad, Doug, mm. pretty well. Mm -hmm. And his dad and I have had oysters and beer together. Mm -hmm. But I don't know Nick. But here's what I know of Nick. He does FHA 203K really well. Mm. You know what? Someone calls me for an FHA 203K. I, and this is back when I was originating, mm -hmm. would answer all their questions. I'd walk them through it, pros and cons. I'd tell them the story of my best friend, Joey, and his wife, Michelle, mm -hmm. who they did a 203K. And if they wanted to proceed, I'd be like, but look, I'm not the best person for you. You don't want me. You don't want to be my guinea pig. Bro, if someone told me that as a, like a salesperson, I'd be more indebted to them for being open and honest rather than taking on the business, lying to my face, and then three months later finding out they had no idea what the hell they were doing. Yeah. Yep. And it let me move on because I follow theme days, right? I listened to that episode two that three. we talked about, theme days, two or three. three. Yeah. Like, and I know that if I took on that loan now... Maybe I want to become the next Nick Long in my market. And I want to be. Yeah. Okay, then I'm going to go all in. Right. If that's the case, my whole entire marketing is going to change. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to go out and teach lunch and learns to realtors mm -hmm. on 203K. I'm going to go network with, with some of the, the head, um, head HUD advisors. And I'm going to uh, work with GCs and contractors. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to brand myself. And I'm going to understand that, hey, look, my first three or four, I'm not gonna be that good at. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Maybe I'll find someone within my company, partner with him or her, split the commission, learn as much as I can from them, knowing that if I can do five, two or three Ks over the next five months, by the sixth one, I'll know what I'm talking about. By the sixth one, I'll be good. Mm -hmm. You know, the same thing goes, learn to say no. There's a really awesome program out there called Homes for Heroes. Mm -hmm. Homes for Heroes, it's a way to go out and market and brand yourself where you, in the local real estate community, if you're a lender, or you in the local loan officer community, if you're a realtor, mm -hmm. you guys give special promotions, discounts to quote unquote heroes, active duty, military, veterans, cops, firefighters, mm -hmm. uh, teachers, like those are who are deemed heroes. Cool. Realtor may give uh, a $500 commission break, a loan officer may give a $500 lender credit. Mm -hmm. But even with something like that, I've learned you say no to it. It sounds awesome, mm -hmm. but you end up having to pay money to be a part of the program. Mm -hmm. And you say no, unless you're willing to mold your entire marketing efforts around that program. Mm -hmm. You're either all in or you're all out. That's not a program. In my opinion, in my experience, you do half-ass and you dip your toes in. Mm -hmm. So that's when you have to ask yourself, well, what type of lender do I want to be? So I want to be a lender that is out there helping generate my own leads, marketing myself to firehouses and, and school districts and police precincts um, that, hey, use me, use my realtor partners who are also affiliated with this program. Mm -hmm. 
and in return, we're going to give you these discounts? Mm. Or do I let someone else do that? At which point, if and when someone called me and they said, well, I've been approached by Home Street Heroes and you know, I'm a nurse and they're going to give me this, this credit, I can very easily mm. go to my branch manager and say, hey, I'm trying to compete against someone who's offering a Home Street Heroes credit. This person's a teacher, fireman, cop in our local community. Mm. Could, could I match that? My branch manager like, hell yeah, you can match that $500 lender credit. Bring that loan in the door and tell them thank you for their service. You know, right, right. I don't have to necessarily, but I'm not knocking the program. If you're going to do it, I'm just saying go all in. Right. Don't, don't half-ass it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the, the overall theme, if there was, or takeaway or tie-down of today's show, is for people who are trying to be top of their game, you need to understand what do you do well, and you need to lean hard into it. You don't need to deviate away from it. Mm -hmm. And if you're ever looking to add, add one thing. Don't try to add it all. Mm -hmm. Don't try to be all things to all people because you're not and you'll fail by doing so. Mm -hmm. Know your lane, stay in it, and get damn good at it. And that means being able to say no, being able to punt. You know, I, I want to cover this. and Maybe we can look at wrapping up the show. Like the hardest one for me is... Um, I love people. Mm-hmm. Okay, most of us who are in this industry, in the service industry, again, it could be financial sales, like a financial advisor or a life insurance agent. It could be a realtor. It could be a mortgage loan originator, right? CPA. Mm-hmm. We're in this industry because we like to help people. But I like to help people as long as it fits into my business model and I have the time to do so. So if you call me, I'm going to give you all I have and all I know. Sure. But I also need to know that in a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. So I need to be able to tell you, hey, John, look, I want to be able to help you, but it's 1146 right now. I have a noon appointment. So I want to answer all your questions in the next 14 minutes. And then I'm going to need to, you know, let you know what the next steps are. Right. Right. So if you have a 560 credit score, let me let me introduce you to a couple of things that I know about credit. Let me maybe go ahead and get your email address and forward you a document that I found that's really beneficial for people that need to work on their credit. Mm -hmm. Maybe I refer you to someone like Harry Snedden at Scorecrafters because I know in my market, Harry's a subject matter expert for helping people who want to be helped Mm -hmm. in terms of of benefiting their situation. Let's say you call me and you're like, hey, I want to buy my first house. I'm a veteran, Mm -hmm. but I find out that your only income is X and your cover monthly payment is Y and that's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. I still want to be able to help you. I still don't want you to leave discouraged. And I'm going to talk to you with empathy, but I also know that it's 1147 and I have a noon appointment. So, hey, let me spend the next 13 minutes kind of walking you through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more than likely what I would tell you in today's market is that this is a market where based on your current income, it would make sense for you to only buy a house when you're a dual income household because maybe this person was single right. and, you know, right. like, yes, you have your VA benefits. Yes, you're a veteran. Yes, there's 100% financing available. But you're telling me that you need to be in a $200,000 house, but you're only comfortable paying $900 a month. And by the way, your income says you shouldn't pay more than 900 bucks a month. I don't have that ability to marry that comfort monthly payment. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I don't say hell to the no and turn my back on the person. I help them. But I also understand that you know, I, I can't dedicate more than 13 minutes. I think that is, is when, when a professional can realize that, the sooner the better. Right. The sooner, the better. When you conceptualize that there's a time, there's a value to your time. And there's a thing called opportunity cost. We still want to help all people, but sometimes helping them 
is pointing them in the right direction, referring them to someone who's better yeah. so that you can then go focus on the things that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. um, and where I find the mistake with mortgage loan originators, it's with helping people that um, have a really sad story and, they, and it breaks your heart and it comes with typically a bad credit. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have 15 or 20 minutes, get out an egg timer, put it on 20 minutes and let the person know, hey, I'm, I wanna help you. I want to point you in the right direction. I want to help you put together a game plan, but you can't spend two or three hours with them. Right. It's looking at something on the surface saying, yeah, this isn't going to qualify. But then, you know, there's a, there's a catch 22. You want to be that lender who can figure out the hard loans, mm -hmm. but at the same time, don't go researching a hard loan when the consumer isn't giving you all of the facts. I see that mistake all the time. A loan officer is trying to, trying to figure out a loan when they don't have all the facts. So they're working off of hypotheticals. It's like, no, no, no. No, there's a system. Tell this person you're not going to do any research on their situation until you have all of the necessary data to do it. Credit report, two years mm -hmm. tax returns. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. how can – go spend four or six hours. I learned this from Ben Davis. We've had Ben on the show as a mm -hmm. guest, right? The dude's a walking, talking encyclopedia of programs, products, and guidelines. Yeah. As a manager, I've gone to Ben. Hey, Ben, will you help me with this scenario? And I start writing along. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, Dio, where's the credit report? I'm like, oh, I haven't pulled it yet. He's like, get out of my office. Like, you're wasting my time, your time, and the consumer's time answering basically a hypothetical. Right. No, get the credit report, get the income documents, then let's sit down, and by all means, we will dedicate all the time necessary, exhaust all avenues to make sure that we've helped that person. Mm -hmm. But not if it meant we were working off of hypotheticals. Mm -hmm. That's where as a younger professional, or even as a professional who hasn't achieved their, their highest levels of success, you have to get good at. You have to get good at controlling the situation, right? Know when to say no, also know when to hit pause and say, I don't have enough information to tell you no or yes. I want to help you. I want to help you find a way to yes, but I can't do this until you give me all of this. Yeah. And as the person presses you for more answers, say, ma'am or sir, I'd love to help you. But anything I might tell you would be speculative. I don't want to give you false hope. And I sure as heck don't want, want to sell your situation short. So until you get me X, Y, and Z, I really would prefer not to answer it because, you know, I, I don't want to speculate. Right. Run your business. Don't let your business run you. And then at that point, you can move on to whatever it is else you need to do, making TBD calls, working your social media, attending a networking function, mm -hmm. calling realtors, going on one-on-ones. Once you receive the credit report and the credit app and all the income docs and the asset docs, yeah. hey, get busy. Yeah. Get busy. Dedicate an hour. Exhaust all avenues. But, you know, you, I think you have to know your lane, and that comes a lot of times with experience. But also, um, it comes with, I almost said some balls. Mm -hmm. you gotta, but you got to know your business. You have to be confident in your ability. Mm -hmm. and, and that's knowing that it's okay to say no, because if I say yes to this one loan, it's going to prevent me from doing three more. It's going to prevent me from finding three more. I need to say no because, because saying yes actually costs me three. Mm. I think that's, that is the hardest part. It's what Rob Mitchum taught me, the ability to say next, the ability to approach everything with, with ROI. Now I'm going to reverse it. I'm, I'm going to end on this one. And I'm going to, I'm going to man, I'm shouting out people left and right on this episode. <laughs> this shout out goes to Mike Smalley, my business partner here at Waterstone Mortgage, one of the best originators I've ever been around. All right. Okay, homeboy closed 95 million last year. He kind of knows what he's talking about. Kind of, just a little bit. Yeah, so I used to, full disclosure, hate helping my friends and family with their mortgage needs. 
Really? Yeah, it's just I'm weird. Just I know, doesn't seem it it's a um yeah, it, it's one of those, like, I'm an open book. You can ask me anything. Mm-hmm. My poor wife's like, dude, can you stop being <laughs> such an open book? And I tend to answer it, Yeah. right? I tend to answer it. Uh, I am TMI, right? Too much information, mm-hmm. TMIDO. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it never, like, I don't ever feel weird asking you, like, you know, about your information and gathering mm-hmm. it from you. And, and what is crazy is, like, people sometimes have assumed, like, my wife knows Oh, well, you know, Dustin told, told you about our situation, right? And she's like, no, he doesn't come home and talk about work. Like, guys, we can't do that. Yeah. But, like, our friends and family thought we did. Right. Um, but, no, so I didn't like doing it for whatever weird, dumb reason. So I was saying no to that business. I was punting it sometimes. Mm. And then Mike's like, you're an idiot. You're one of the best loan officers I know, Dustin. You're not doing your friends and family the service they deserve by doing their loan. Mm. I was like, ah, so there's a time that you could maybe say no to too much mm-hmm. and you need someone in your corner that believes in you and you believe in them that can tell you, right. hey, so for me, that was a valuable lesson. Rob Mitchum taught me to say next. Yeah. I was trying to next my friends and family just because I felt weird doing loans for them. And then it took Mike Smalley like seven, eight years ago saying, what the hell are you doing? Right. Like, do you not love your family? Do you do you not look out for your boys? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you would almost mandate they use you so you can make sure they don't get screwed over? You can make sure that they get the best loan possible. Right. I was like, ah, oh, very valuable. Unless they're trying to do a two or three K loan, <laughs> which ready? True story. I did not do my best friend's two or three K loan. Really? Didn't do it. I did the whole spiel. I spent 30 minutes with him on the phone. And I just said, you know what? You do it. You call me whenever you have questions. If you need to MF somebody, if you need a better mm-hmm. explanation because the, the lender you chose isn't explaining things properly, call me. I got you. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. I said, I don't want this loan that I've, I've only done once. And the one time I did it, it was disastrous. Mm-hmm. I don't want this one loan to ever come between our friendship. How do you take it when you said that? Awesome. And then after he did it, he said, oh, my God, you were right. I'll never do this again. <laughs> right? Yeah. I gave him two things I was right on. And he very rarely would ever tell me I'm right. All right. Like ever. Uh, one was... Uh, he was trying to do what's called a streamline FHA two, uh, 203K. So streamline uh, is just that streamline. But because of that, you only get like a certain dollar amount. I think back then it was like 30 grand. Mm-hmm. He was only taking out 20 grand. He was trying to like nickel and dime. I'm like, bro, it's only an extra $55 a month or 60 bucks a month to take out the full 10 grand. Take out the, take out the full 30. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't. He didn't. Afterwards, he's like, oh, man, I ended up dipping into my 401K. And yeah. and, and my my rehab went went over budget. I'm like, I told you, mm-hmm. take out the extra money. You didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is yeah, disastrous process. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He bought a home that was a fixer upper. And by the time they moved in, did new floors, new paint, mm-hmm. new kitchen, new appliances. Like it was really nice, mm-hmm. but it's it a disastrous process. And I was happy that I removed myself from that situation. So I helped my friend without helping my friend. Yeah. And I, I punted it. I think it's good advice. It's great advice. Yeah, Rob Mitchum taught that back in 2004. I'm teaching to you guys in 2021. Damn. It still applies. Yeah. Next, the best four-letter word, the best four-letter word in sales. Mm-hmm. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. Please like us, share us if you're tuning in for the first time. If you have questions, hit us up on YouTube, hit us up on LinkedIn. We'll do our best to answer them in a prompt manner. If you have suggestions for future shows and future content, We love your suggestions. That's all the time we have for today. Keep tuning in. Keep listening. Share away. And be on the lookout for TLOP online sometime this summer of 2021. Peace.